Hi, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Check it out. I got to give a big shout out to my show sponsor, my friends over at AVLX. I also have to give a big shout out to Charles Henry and Ace Young, the amazing performers and producers of the music behind the show, as well as the amazing people that make up the Hit Lab creative team who are the producers of the show. Folks, I have a favor to ask. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, click that subscribe button to make sure you get alerted when new episodes are dropped. Thanks for tuning in. The real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and um, we have got an extra special treat for you in the studio with me today in the Hit Lab. This is a guy that has been uh, a friend of mine for over a couple decades. We were actually college baseball teammates together. Um, somebody that has uh, we've kept in touch. Um, we've played golf. We've supported charities together. We've done a lot, a lot of stuff together. But um, this is a guy that has, in my opinion, I've been watching him over about the last 10 years, really paying attention, um, has just been killing it in Nashville real estate. As a matter of fact, um, the way that they do things, the way they embrace innovation, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think they have uh, changed it for the better. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of that today. So in the building today, in the Hit Lab, I've got my man, um, the uh, CEO of Bradford Real Estate, Kyle Feltz. Kyle, thanks for hanging, bud. Well, uh, it's an honor. I mean, first of all, I, I think it uh, when I watch these podcasts and uh, I just think back to all the fun days we had uh, playing college baseball together <laughs> and how appropriate it is that we have red solo cups right here next to us. Absolutely. Um, but um, but I, I am uh, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend. And uh, I've loved watching all the things that you've been doing, too. So. Well, I sure appreciate that. The um, talking about um, uh, if you could, if you could, we ought to um, have Coach Forehand. We both played for um, the Lipscomb uh, University baseball coach Jeff Forehand. We both played at Trevecca Nazarene University, where he was the coach back then. Um, an amazing, an amazing guy. Um, but um, we got into a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We got into a lot of stuff back then, didn't we? we? Did. Oh, yeah. Well, the the thing that I love thinking back. Um, the, the, one of the attorneys in our office, Shane Adair, that, uh, heads up the 615 title, he, he talks about how, how is it that everyone he meets from our team, you know, it seems like everyone I meet is, has done really some great things with their lives. And I, and I said, well, I do think it goes back to Jeff every day, just telling us like, it's not about you. It's not about you. So like you're, you're, you know, you're coming out of college and you're prepared to do whatever you can to help and serve other people because you're, you're coming out practicing the, the the golden rule, the rule that we all know that it is, it's not about you. It's about what can you do for someone else. So there's the first one of the day right there, baby. What does that mean? That's that right. Okay. We added a hit to the hit streak, man. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Um, that's it. Putting others first. It's not about you. It's about what you can do for other folks. It's about how you can serve. Absolutely, and it's funny. All the um, all the most successful folks that you want to follow, anyways, they all that we all have that in common. Sure, 
we all have that in common. So um, it is, when you looked at our our team back then and the amount of, we'll just call them shenanigans that we would, that we would get into. Sure. It's, um, it is, I, you know, athletes, I guess, do well in business. That's why we're heavily recruited, um, because of work ethic and such, but man, all of our guys are doing a lot of great things out there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, we knew, we knew we had a good group. Um, and I think especially, um, the, the last couple years that Jeff had at Trevecca, I mean, he just, he just had some great humans, you know, yes. and um, great ball players, great humans. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm thankful every day because I didn't even know where I literally grew up here and had no idea where Trevecca was. I didn't either. And uh, if it weren't for Jeff, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been there. So he put he put um, well, at least in the baseball community, he put that place on the map yeah. where it still stands today. Sure. Um, cause the facilities have had amazing upgrades and it's a great university. There's a lot Absolutely. of great people there, but Absolutely. But um Jeff was Jeff's unique and special and that's why all of us shenanigan uh chasing fools um amounted to something is cuz we all had him in common. That's right. That's right. So, um when you look up leader a great leader in the dictionary, he's one of the faces you're going to see. He I I'll tell you, the one one of the best things um, that I, and I don't even know if he necessarily ever said it to me, but I, I did, I felt like your self-awareness, um, like I, I learned really early in business, like what I was, there were things that I can do. I have very few strengths, but there's a couple, um, but there's a lot of things I'm not good at. And I've really just been willing to admit it the entire time and tried to find people that would, we could compliment each other, um, Mm. And that's that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think, like you said, I mean, a great leader um, is you, it, it's not it's, again, it's not it's not about you, but it's about what kind of a team can you build around you right. um, and their strengths that can maybe you know it's like a puzzle. I mean, it's like God gives you all these pieces and it's just like you spend your entire life trying to put this puzzle together. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get it perfect or done. That's what heaven is, but right. I mean, God's putting puzzle pieces in your life uh, through people. Yeah. So, so, folks, Kyle is a unique blend of humility and confidence because he just said he doesn't do, he does a lot of things not well, right? Well, he was gonna, he'll tell you the same thing about his baseball career. Um, there's still balls that you hit that haven't landed yet. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it, and um, you were you racked up some accolades as a collegiate baseball player. Um, you were the first um, David Ortiz like DH in college that I had seen in a long time. Um, right. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I mean, you were in the lineup every day and you could hit it a country mile. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, I think uh, Jeff would call me the most expensive one tool player he's ever had. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, but he paid for it. <laughs> well, I think ultimately, I mean, it goes it goes back to. My my life, the the change that occurred, and I guess the um, when you're an 18 year old and you really, um, we had come off of uh, a, a great run, and I and my junior year, I had won Mr. Baseball, we had won the state championship, um, had all state football, mm. everything was perfect, and the last preseason game of my senior year, uh, I took a handoff, was making a cut, 
and just shattered my ankle. Mm -hmm. Ambulance on the field. And I'm telling everybody I'm going to be back in two weeks. (laughs) And um, it was about six surgeries later um, that I went from a a center fielder Mm -hmm. um, that had good speed to a pretty slow, (laughs) you know, DH. So that that was just like my reality check. That was like... Just an extremely humbling experience. So, mm-hmm. and it changed the course of my life. So, Absolutely. I met my wife at Trevecca, mm-hmm. and um, and you know it's 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 crazy how that stuff works. So, you too, um, like me, married a supermodel, like way that's right, way out of our leagues. This is a good salesman. Absolutely, a good salesman. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going to tell the folks. So, folks, guys, if you're listening and you're like, "Man, I, I want a beautiful wife," we're going to tell you how to how to get one. Okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff. Listen to Nick. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I just got lucky, or I just prayed a lot. I prayed the right prayer, and it worked. So that's part of it. That's part of it. Um, well, you mentioned um, like so. First of all, when you have an injury like that, and you mentioned six surgeries later, um, the average person don't come back from that. Right. So, um, you like when you take that much time off, when you come back, every, your body's different, everything's different. And like, it's almost like relearning how to do what you were once great at. It's it, exactly right. I mean, I, I've, I remember coming off of my, cause I even had to, um, when I, I was the first division one signing at Lipscomb university mm-hmm. and that coach at the time was Coach Mel Brown, great guy. Um, but he also thought, I guess, in, in the back of his mind that this recovery would happen, mm-hmm. and he had it would have a center fielder and a closer as a pitcher mm-hmm. and a good hitter. And I couldn't. I just never got my speed. I couldn't. Get, like it felt like I was running with a flat tire. So you're right. I mean, the first time I saw ninety again mm-hmm. off off the bump, it felt like. It was 200 miles an hour. So, yeah. Um, you know, in, in business, we're always faced with those type things where you have to reinvent yourself, come back, um, maybe in a different way, but stronger. Sure. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, besides being, um, being able to, to perform like you did, um, you were an amazing teammate. Like the one thing, has anybody ever said like Kyle's just not a nice guy? Like, you know what I mean? Probably my wife, especially <laughs> at 530 in the morning um, when she asked me to take out. I mean, my seven-year-old daughter, I'll do anything for her. She wanted a puppy. We got one. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was just, it doesn't feel like a great decision right now. <laughs> that thing is like, you know, 10 weeks old. And at 530, every, I mean, it, it goes crazy. and it But it has to go out. So mm-hmm. when she asked me to, hey, go take the puppy out, I don't know that I would – call myself uh, the greatest human at that point in time, you know, but, um, but the, the kids love it. So, I mean, it's worth it. It's Absolutely. worth it. But, but thank you for saying that. I, I would say the same about you. I, um, I do remember, and Jeff denies this, but he, when he was, he would turn the lights off in the locker room and hit tennis balls with a fungo bat at us. Does that ring any bells to you? Because I told him that, and he's like, "I didn't do that." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure you do. maybe maybe it was someone else." Uh, he did. We deserved everything that we got, and there was some things just like that, if not that, that totally that totally happened. Very um, true. We, you know, um, 
Jordan Baker, yeah, is uh, who I'm actually. Uh, him and I are going to hang out in Vegas at the end of the month for a Great couple of days, guy. which would be fun. Miss him. But we used to. You remember we used to how we used to try to. He would come in and and um, try to have the serious talk in the locker room, and so I mean it was like, you know. I'm I'm gonna sit there with no not an ounce of clo- a thread of clothes on, what for him to sit there and talk to us, you know, or or somebody would um, you know let out some some bodily noises right in the middle of the important part of the speech. Or the craziest thing is I can remember in uh, practice um, when he would be t- giving the talk, you couldn't laugh, and like Jordan, who always had the ski mask on, all you could see was his eyes, and he would just stare at you. <laughs> wide open and he wouldn't blink it, how could you not laugh at that and, then, and he would send us out he'd be like get out just you don't deserve to get out you can't be here and he, kick us out of practice <laughs> i mean he he kicked more people out of practice i've never seen and and he um <laughs> he, he there's a guy that at our office now named cade sorrels that just played he just graduated playing with him and he still does that where he comes in with his boots on mm-hmm. and and says He's like, I bet y'all are wondering why I'm wearing these big waders boots. He said, because I've been wading through your crap all day. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Cade said he still does that. So we did. Um, we used to do all kinds of stuff to to coach, and um, it was an election year. Um, in uh, was it two thousand? I guess two thousand. Um, but like, so one night. Me and um, I can't remember who was with me. We went out and got every like election sign out of every yard we could find and put them all in his front yard. That's great. Um, there must have been fifty <laughs> or sixty signs in there. We took the sign. Oh, I can't say that on because well, I guess it's old enough now. But there used to be maps on uh, on Trevecca's property of the of the campus. We got one out of the ground. It was concreted and everything. And took it and laid it. He, that was at his house. And uh, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> that was just a, a coach. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, he's watching it, man. He's yeah. We we um, you know, but but to just to really, when you think back on it, for a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year old kids, mm-hmm. we were really pretty good. I mean, we we sure we did some things, but we nobody were, got arrested. I don't think <laughs> not too bad. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I mean, well that that would when that was starting to occur, he normally would get a call from me. And that would mean it was time for Justin Curtis to go home. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Old JC, man. Golly, it, those were some good ass times, man. Yeah. They were good. Well, they, um, the the um, we could sit here and tell war stories right. all day long. Um, but like, what you know, we're in an unbelievable market, an unbelievable town, an unbelievable city, especially when it comes to real estate. And like, honestly, dude, I'm sitting here looking at my sheet here. All of the stuff that you got going on, and all the ways that you guys are able to um, solve the problems of the public when they need it, and and provide a great service and build great multiple great businesses. Can I just rattle off some of the um, so just all the stuff you guys got going on? Feel free to interrupt me at any point in time. But first of all, um, let's see. So since two thousand and eight, as a broker, you've produced multi million dollar sales uh, sales years every single year that you've been in the business. Um, your team, you and your team regularly serve over 150 families per year. That's just on the brokerage side. That's not even talking about the other stuff, right? But you guys are chasing the billion-dollar mark in, in revenue. Right. Yeah, so when when we talk um, sales, like our team, we have a team. We normally are anywhere from about 8 to 12 people on, our, on my personal team. We call that the Feltz Partners. So mm-hmm. it's basically like uh, Bradford Real Estate, um, I guess – 
what we love to create are teams within mm. one huge team. So um, Bradford Real Estate basically is um, it, it's a five years old, mm. we, and there's 110 agents underneath the umbrella. Wow. Everyone does it different ways. But, I mean, really until 2016, we just – I never – I wasn't ever recruiting as a brokerage. Right. Um, I didn't really have the intent to be a broker of agents except for just our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, got a lot of good friends in the business that just ended up saying, would love to work together. And I was kind of like, why am I, why, do, why don't I want to work and have all these great minds collaborate? Absolutely. It's just I didn't really have time to broker it. So right. we got got great broker, Scott Richardson, who I grew up with, is, is the the principal broker. And um, But, yeah, our team is our, – since 04, like I got my license basically graduating college and just thought I'd go to law school. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, our team is – like last year we, we, we'll do anywhere from 60 to – 90 million just a team but mm-hmm. 150 families that's about right yeah um i think we did 160 something last year but that's by choice that you're that size right it's it's because that's what you guys are how you guys serve the most and are most comfortable with that, right that, we we love we we love that 150 to 200 family a year mark it's just great for our team there's a lot it's a great service but like the brokerage i mean we we were we didn't hit a thousand, but we were almost. We almost. We could say serving families. Well, we almost served a thousand families last year. If you wow. look at the the whole firm. So. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, um, it is. You know, when you get to a certain size in any venture, like it's really hard to maintain that per the personal relationships. The the reasons that you started it in the first place. You know, the the service you provide and the relationship you build with those people. It's so hard to maintain those. When you get too big, too fast. Sure. You know, so the way, that's why I think I love you guys' model so much because you've grown, you've been able to maintain the, the that model and those relationships, but you've grown in so many other avenues um, with that, right? So literally, um, let's see, you guys, um, you're a partner of uh, Bradford Shared Services, right? The um, and the property, uh, the property management connection. Which which that manages alone over five hundred residential properties. Right. Yep. Okay, um, you're a partner with six one five title and six one five insurance, right? You're a partner of Parthenon Plumbing and HVAC, and a partner in Cobalt uh, Ventures, which is uh, which specializes in land development and construction. And uh, you're actually and you're writing your first book right now as well, right? Yeah. Well. Uh, that's the, yes. I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to write like a really a good short book, which is hard to do, but I mean, I'm not, um, I'm probably the worst writer in the world. It's just, I think if I can develop something that is a very, um, easy read, just mm-hmm. about real estate investing, especially middle Tennessee. Yeah. It's something that people are in, very intrigued with. And I, I'll say something about the property management company. Come on. That was the first thing. I mean, when I, you know, I, Trevor Garrett is, is my partner, in a majority of these businesses and he and I think so differently. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, has his master's in accounting. And so I never think it would be a great idea to spend less money. I think we just need to sell more. There you go. But he, he is the accountant that says, well, we could also spend less money. So it's been a good, it's been a great partnership, but 
Until we went to our first property management conference in 2016. And we told a group, like a discussion, like a roundtable discussion, that we weren't going to take checks as a property manager. And I mean, everyone in the room's jaws on the ground. How are you going to do that? And it was like, well, look, we just, everyone we refer that takes checks, we are getting clients that are saying like, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, I, my mortgage is due. I can't have a check that's, you know, in the mail. But mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it's not here yet. So right. we just said it's going to be a direct deposit rent situation, and that's now everyone does that. But just right. just really just five years ago, that was like a, mm-hmm. and so we just that that industry in general, the technology has, I mean, it's changed drastically over the last five years. So well, that's kind of like when I was talking about with the innovation that you guys have done. You kind of you're early adopters. You you embrace the stuff early, but it but you're really good at picking like there's probably a million ways to do the same thing. And you guys always pick the way that seems to, that's what everybody embraces moving forward, whether it be on purpose or not. Like that's just the way it works out. You guys are really good at that. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, how in the world did you go from a single agent bro or just a broker to literally like partnering up? Um, you've picked amazing people. Um, I can't wait to tell for you to tell that Wagner story. In just a few minutes about uh, about New York City, but um, like you got amazing amazing partners in all of these things, and as a guy that has been in, involved in multiple businesses and still is, like um, bad partnerships are bad marriages. They're the same thing, and um, and they're miserable. And you've just surrounded yourself with amazing people. How in the world? Like how did that? How does that even happen? Like you know, uh, I mean, I, I feel essentially what's everything has been. Um, I guess I'm. I uh, am extremely prayerful, but it just seems like people I was already working with mm. would would enter a situation where they needed to make a change. And so most of the time it's just been a, hey, I, I already am using this for 615 title. I mean, I was already using Shane as my closing attorney, just at a different firm. Right. And it had come to, I guess his other partners were about to retire. And he just said, you know, what do I... What do, what do you think's the next best move? And we just sat down to, at lunch and you know kind of came up with mm. this idea. So I mean, it, it's it is really, um, I guess the looking back on it, if you are already working with someone, you and Josh, mm-hmm. and you can find a way to turn that into a partnership, which you were sending them business anyway. I mean that, mm-hmm. that what a, what a great, and that's a perfect situation because right. you, you already have an established relationship with that person that's one right there baby yeah Mm -hmm. so um and obviously you know all of these all of the um all the companies all the projects you're involved in they all um are related to a a one of the other ones right so they all kind of they work together they collaborate together right so that and that was when i said that you guys had kind of you're doing it the right way like that's cool. Yeah. Like, that is cool, right? right? So and 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 you're doing it in a market where it you don't have to. It's Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Well and you you hit it earlier. I mean, you you people want to invest in Middle Tennessee and so um I guess we could go back to when you said how do you go from just like you did, you went as a, a salesperson, a single salesperson to now you got this huge team. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and, and I guess looking back on it, I, I could tell very early on that like, 
I loved the business and I loved working with people, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to not, I didn't, I just didn't really, I wanted to control where the money was spent, which is why ultimately a lot of people do start their own mm-hmm. business in general. But like most a traditional brokerage, if you, if you have, if you're not on a 100% commission split, right, which most are not. So you're giving 20% to your broker. Well, I, I, where I started, I loved the place I was at. It was just, I wanted to maybe change the way that that 20% was yeah. spent. So now we're a hundred percent brokerage because now the agent literally can decide mm. they can charge 10%. They can charge $300. They can charge six percent. They can charge whatever they want to the client. Yeah, because it's their business. We want them to run their own business, and that's why oh. we say mm. we're we're the uh, agency for entrepreneurs. So thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. That is, um, like that's how you actually give people the gift of freedom is you empower them to do it right. And it's there's the more I spoke to you about um, the world of real estate, I was amazed at how similar the path was from insurance agent to and real and real estate agent sure. and it's um you know it, the insurance industry generates more millionaires um across the planet than any other industry i didn't know that uh, and wow. has, has for a while and um you know because of the amazing model that um troy mcquaig the ceo of us health group created um, you know, in, in a lot of insurance companies, they'll say the average income is X, but it's the top is really top heavy and, and it's only, and it's not that many people. Absolutely. It's not like that at, at us health. It's, I mean, it's a, it's, I'm blown away at the amount of success, the amount of lives that have been changed through that opportunity. Right. So is it like that in, in real estate? It is. I mean, it's very, um, you typically are going to see your top, you know, maybe, well, let's see. I would say 5% do probably 80% of the business. The top 5% of wow. agents probably do 80% of the business. Something wow. to that effect. I, and that's not an exact stat. I just, um, they send out different um, uh, mailers, stuff like this, that has like the top 300 in Middle Tennessee. And it's very much mm-hmm. consistently the same yeah. 300 people. So I think it's, you know, I mean, ultimately, uh, it's probably just like yours. It's It's... Or you can give someone, say, hey, I want you to time block what we call the greatness tracker. Y'all have something similar. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, if you'll do this, it, this works. It's just how many, maybe only one or two out of 10 yeah. <clears throat> will actually do it. So that's that's the key. Consistency. And I've heard you say that on here mm-hmm. a million times. I mean, like, if you time block your day and you follow it and you have it blocked correctly, it works. Mm-hmm. But how easy is it to... It's so easy to just go have a lunch for three hours or mm-hmm. we we have had people, <clears throat> excuse me, at Bradford call us and they'll say something like, hey, um, I'm just having a lot of trouble getting going. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott, last time someone did that, Scott said, hey, what are you doing right now? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. He said, what are you doing right now? And they said, man, I'm watching Netflix. He's like, see, this is, this That's is. right. This is a, a, a you know, it's a, and and it's, that's great if that's what you want to do, great. But just know that like the business does not just come; you have to go create it. That's right. The um, I tell a lot of uh, the new insurance agents when they come in. Um, so my story was um, went off after school, played a few years in the minor leagues, um, 
came back and reinvented myself as a, in the in the hospitality industry as a bar and nightclub restaurant owner. And um, but like I remember, so when I started my insurance company, I'd gone through the process of losing everything, like literally had nothing. And um, when I started my insurance agency, um, I started wearing the same navy and black suit that every other insurance agent wore with the part on one side of your head, you know, and all that stuff. And, and it was, um, I I realized that I was not standing out by doing that. I had to reinvent myself and I wanted to start with what I wanted to give people the opportunity to accept me as the new me, as the different version. So I gave them, I gave them a great chance and I changed the way I looked. The first thing is I wanted to change my appearance straight up. So like, if you're if you were you know if you were a personal trainer wearing sweatpants to the gym every day like if you want people to take you seriously as a real estate agent or anything else don't wear sweatpants sure. <laughs> when you show up your old uniform you know when you <clears throat> excuse me when you said that that just made me think about um i should say just so your audience knows he uh nick was one of the first catchers i've ever seen and you were under 2 every time that's yeah. the number in 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 our world, the numbers too. So like he he from the time it hit his glove, it was at second base, under two, every time. Every time, amazing. That's right. Well, amazing. thank you. But um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No worries. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I would say one of the biggest things that you what you said right there is, uh, and this would be pre-COVID, but like you, every day that you um. It doesn't have to be a suit. It doesn't have to be a, it, it doesn't really even matter. It just needs to be, you need to be put together in the way that you want to be put together that can present professionalism. But mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be a suit, but it does mean on the days that you don't feel like putting on whatever you've deemed as professional, you have to do that that day. When you don't want to do it, that's the day you have to do mm. it because that's the day that the random person walks in off the street that's right. That needs a policy or needs to sell a three million dollar house. I and mean, that's exactly what happened. So the um everybody so we have an innovative um way at the in the insurance industry where we um leverage internet leads, uh, people that have asked for help and as a way to to launch an agent's um career because you know, like the world I came from prior, they were like prospect where you breathe. I'm like, well, what does that mean? They're like all your friends and family, let them know what you're doing. I'm like, but they know I'm I don't know what I'm doing. Why would they buy it? You don't buy an insurance policy to help out a buddy. You know what I'm saying? So like they know I'm not good at it yet. So with, you know, talking to strangers, I at least have a chance to a level playing field, you know, because I don't have the beginner, the the beginner stench um, reeking all over me. But like you, everybody that comes in, it's like, you're known for what you did yesterday. And, and quite frankly, if I was in a great place in 2013, I wouldn't have started an insurance agency because I would have just stayed where I was at in a great place. So like everybody knew me, um, I was reinventing myself, but like people knew me for what I had did last, which was fail. So like I had to, I had to change. So I had an identity crisis from day one. And then I had a marketing problem because nobody knew me as an insurance agent. So nobody can buy a policy from an agent they don't know is there. Sure. Yeah. So everybody's got a marketing problem. And I think, you know, in insurance, the people that are the best at, um, whether it be internet marketing, social media, email marketing, text message, maybe CRM management, those are the best insurance agents. They're not even necessarily, um, now there's great ones. I need to say that there's great ones that know the product that are the best at what they do, but 
the best the best insurance agent may not be the highest volume producing one because he's not the best marketer. It's a great point. And that's and I think that's pretty much in every not that real estate and insurance are exactly the same thing. They're not, but I mean they're similar in the way that you know like to be successful like you are it, it's going to take that same there's just no easy way to do it. Like mm-hmm. you can't just say uh, I'm going to get my real estate license and drive a Range Rover and sell, you know, million dollar property. That's all I'm going to do. It's like to get there. I mean, it really is. It's a lot of work. So, I mean, yeah, um, it's the same. I mean, it's just who is willing to do what you have to do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's typically that, you know, the, the same, this, it's a very similar looking list yeah. annually. And, and, but there's people breaking in every day too. So that, that's, that's right. the great thing about it. So people will look at you and say, I want to do what Kyle does. And they forget that you're in chapter 20, but in chapter one, you were showing listings on Sunday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, if that's yeah. when you had to do it. Absolutely. Like yeah. it was whatever had to be done, had to be done. I mean, you, Lindsay did not realize how much I was working until she basically, she got an undergrad degree, decided to be a nurse practitioner. So she went to Vandy for three years. Mm-hmm. Well, she's in nursing school. Well, man, I'm working. So by the time that was over and she actually had like more of an eight to five, she was like, Hey, are we ever going to have kids? Cause she was like, I, I've been noticing <laughs> you leave at like six thirty in the morning. You get home at like eight o'clock every day. And that was even like, I mean, even on Sundays, like I'm, I'm listening to church on the radio as I'm driving to a show. Yeah. Like I'm not, the, it was, it was to me, it was a blast, but it was not sustainable That's right. for a, to have a family life. So that's when you start thinking about, Hey, I still want to grow my business and try to help people, you know, get what we call is, I mean, it's generational wealth. I mean, mm. think about that. If you, if you have the ability to buy a home and let's say the average life is 85 years, mm. well, you probably have paid that home off. Mm-hmm. Well, that home is going to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars that will trickle down to your family mm-hmm. that they never would have had if you just hadn't bought a piece of real estate. Mm. So think about how big of a deal this is to get people. And, and it's not like you can say, oh, man, I wish I had bought two years ago. Well, sure you do. But when's, when's the best time now? Right. Because you didn't buy two years ago. So it's like, um, yeah, you can analyze everything. 08 to 12 is when we grew our most because it was like, yeah, everybody's getting out of the business. And, and basically I'm sitting here thinking, okay, mm, opportunity. We're talking about people moving here too. Mm-hmm. So you talk about perspective, right? We live, we know we grew up, we know this city, how we knew the city our whole life. However, Davidson County taxes in, in our minds went up and we're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I don't like this. Well, you bring someone in from the East Coast or the West Coast, they're like, wait a minute. I thought literally we had a closing, a guy from the East Coast. He thought that it was a monthly. <laughs> it was the annual tax bill. He thought it was going to be monthly. Oh, so my God. If that tells you where Middle Tennessee is from a property tax standpoint, we're just in a, we're in a great place. And it's a great place to retire with the no, there's, I mean, there's no state income tax. People love to move here for that. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's a it's a great place to be and 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 it and when you're when you believe in something that you're selling yeah. which is that the dirt here is really good dirt 
uh, in, and I, I always say that, it, ha- homes as well, but like just land, yeah. homes, mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee, it's just a great investment. Absolutely. So I'll take it. That's right. <laughs> um, so we were talking about um, how it's kind of feast or famine for the agents, right? And and um, it's very rare for somebody to come in and just kill it right out the gates. Have the feeders, have the have the the networking tools, have the relationships, have the knowledge, if anything, um, to do it right. So. Um, the saying is everybody in Nashville is a real estate agent. Right. 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 Which that's not necessarily true, but there's a lot of them. I'd say there's probably more that are quitting than are, that are signing up right now. Maybe what do you think? How's the balance on that? See the last time I, it was, I mean, it it is like, well, I do know this. There's so we obviously have an inventory situation. We're down like 50% again, new construction's about 10%. Uh, apparently from where it needs to be to continue to keep up with the growth. So Mm -hmm. like we've got an inventory problem and we're going to have it for a while. It looks like, so, you know, I mean, people get out, get in. I mean, most of the time it is a, it's just, is a great business for the right person. So Mm -hmm. I I would just say, yeah, there's probably 30,000, I would guess. Okay. Maybe in middle Tennessee, um, which is probably a lot for maybe, I don't know, there's probably 2 million people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, but yeah, I was at a networking event um, yesterday morning. They were like, you know, when you go to a chamber event and you meet, you meet a hundred real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm just kidding, Kyle. I was like, and I was like, no, 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 it's true. And because it is a very, it's a, it's a business where there's enough information out there where everyone is an expert. Yeah. So when you go tell them what their home's worth, if you don't have 18 years of experience, it is really hard. If you're yeah. brand new and you're like, your home's worth this, and they say, no, look what Zillow says it's worth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm, Zillow's not right, but yeah. you don't have much experience to back that up. But with the proper data and training, you're, the experience doesn't really have to. Mm-hmm. It, it, it won't matter. It just doesn't. You can, we, they say fake it till you make it, but you don't have to fake it. The yeah. data is there. Once you are a licensed in Tennessee, mm-hmm. you'll take the time to actually research and spend some time. Mm-hmm. You will provide a great, I mean, it's, it, you can't miss it. This is the real data, whereas Zillow is just coming up with something. Wait, you take an area like Creve Hall, mm-hmm. where it's located, yeah, and that neighborhood is such a big deal. Yes. Zillow doesn't understand what the difference in right. mm. this this elementary school and this street and all the things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it just, t- it takes, it takes time. Oh man. People don't like to, t- they don't like to spend the time to provide the data mm-hmm. that shows the value that you need to show to make people think that you are more knowledgeable than Zillow. Mm. So the, um, knowing your numbers, talking about managing your time. I mean, honestly, dude, this, those two things alone, that's the, all great businesses have those things in common, regardless of any size of the business. They know their numbers. Um, and, uh, and, and they probably have a great process too. Right. But they definitely manage their time. You know what I mean? So I used to ask the insurance agents all the time, if you, you know, because they do the same thing. They're one of the hardest things for somebody to do. That's been, they go to school, they told when and where, and for how much, 
for the first like 20, 25 years of life, they go out and get bad jobs that they don't like. And then finally they start their real estate, their insurance agency. And it's like, man, I, I, so the alarm went off and I don't have to get up if I don't want to. And they make bad choices. Um, they make bad choices and they don't control their time. They don't, they don't even know how to control their time because their whole life it's been done for them. It's great. I mean, that is, I wish I had one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had, I had, uh, on my notes, I had written something down because I heard it the other day. I just loved it. But what you were saying is when you don't have to do something and you're right. I mean, I feel like our kids are going through it right now. They, Mm -hmm. if they don't have to go to school, they celebrate in the morning because it's like, oh, that means I don't have to do anything. Well, me and Lindsay are like, well, shoot, that means we need to make yeah. sure there is something to do mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. That's right. Because it, it, it just laying there is not, that's not an option, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, what I was saying, I was, if I can find this, I I was, uh, you, sorry. No, you're find, good. The is, um, I was going to tell you that uh, the, um, so, we deal with a lot of um, people in, like, a lot of people are in the scarcity mindset, right? Absolutely. Um, and uh, having relationships with builders and stuff, everybody's fearing the bubble popping in Nashville again, right? They're fearing another 08. Um, I've got a post that uh, Bradford Real Estate made on January 12th yeah. in front of me. Let's start, I just wanted to kind of um, get your take on the, the Nashville market. So in December... There was 4,305 total closings. The median closed uh, price was $437,362. There was uh, 3,624 active listings, uh, 2,392 pending sales, and an average of 30 days on the market. Right. So like what is if if the if an amateur is reading that, what does that mean? What does that tell you from an from the from Kyle's perspective? Well, I I I'll tell you this. If if you if and there's a lot of people that weren't, but if you weren't uh in the business from oh eight to twelve, it's really hard to understand exactly what was going on. I mean, we were having um banks were doing stated income loans, banks were doing um they were just doing things, allowing people to buy homes that probably, you know, obviously we found out did not need to be. That's not happened. It hasn't happened in years. It hasn't happened since 12. So I would argue that the only way I can see us having an issue is if the entire world just decides that they don't want to move to Nashville anymore. Or if, because it, it if the bank has was what the banks do now to scrutinize a buyer versus what they were doing in 08 to 12. It's totally different. Okay. We don't have a group of buyers that are in homes that should not have bought them. Okay. Just, it's just not happening. So, um, everyone is very well qualified that buys a house right now. It's just the truth. And it's the same with banks across the board. So like, I mean, 08 to 12, there were just a lot of things that were that banks were allowing that they just simply won't allow anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a friend back in the day that, and I remember being very uncomfortable with this. Now, it worked out for him. He never had an issue, but he had like an 800 credit score, and he went to the bank, and he said, I'm, I make $10,000 a month. I didn't know if he made 10000 a month. The bank didn't even check, mm-hmm. but he had a great credit score. It's just a dated income loan, so... Those were the kind of things that were happening. Right. It has not been happening. So 
the chances of foreclosure are very low. The the entire economy would have to just be so bad yeah. that people are losing jobs left and right. I know um, my wife and I have bought two homes um, since two thousand. Is it, I guess two thousand eighteen. And um, yeah, dude, um, like you know, we pay our bills on time and have for quite a while, and we've been very blessed um, to have great revenue and and good income. And um, it was hard as heck getting uh, getting approved for for any type of financing that we were applying for. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it's especially in when the house that we live in now, um, in twenty twenty, like we're, literally we were making offers right when COVID happened, and that was when we took away the jumbo loan program, or or the numbers went way up yeah. um, for that kind of stuff. They could just do the whole thing upside down. Um, yet I was always watching your updates, and I mean the industry's moving. Yeah, the industry's moving. Nashville's growing. It, it it absolutely is, and 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 when you don't have inventory uh, as a buyer, well, I feel like part of our job is to okay, there is a problem. How do we create a solution? Well, sometimes that is going to a the outside counties mm-hmm. purchasing land and building more inventory. So like, it 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 makes perfect sense, but yeah. to just sit back and say I'm going to wait and see what happens. It's a really bad decision, especially with rates going up. Wait's so, a four-letter word. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And and it's it is. Uh, but we instead of just sitting around and complaining, there's not enough inventory. I just think it's you, you just got to get creative. You have to go either create it. You have to. I mean, we're we're sending out thousands of mailers every yeah. month. I mean, like just let's create it. And if you really wanted something that you didn't have to do work to. Let us buy something. Mm. Let's fix it up. We'll get, we'll put handle the process of getting the contract. So like, it's just the waiting game is the wrong game, right? So that's right. We tell um, we always have told our insurance agents we talked about their identity crisis. Um, like, we tell them a couple things. First of all. Uh, most people get really comfortable with whatever their marketing lane is. If it's um, internet leads or Facebook or whatever, it's, it's, you know, some, even if it's just social media, like I get all my stuff from Facebook and I'm like, well, but what if somebody, it doesn't matter what you like, it matters what the people where they're comfortable. And if they go to search for your service on a platform, you're not there, they don't find you right. When they go there, will they find you there? Um, And uh, you guys have done a, a heck of a job of, playing i mean the signs are in the yard the billboards are out the social media stuff is happening like you guys are hitting it on all fronts yeah um thank you i we and i can tell you from our team and with a little bit of digging i could tell you for the firm but for our team it has never been more uh internet driven Mm -hmm. um probably then with within the last five years but even last year our database generated 84% of our business. Mm-hmm. So only 16% was internet, sign call, whatever you name it. But, yeah. But we have always, it's always kind of been in that 80, 85 to 15, 20. Most of our, most of our business has come from people that we've already helped. So. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a, first of all, it's a sign of a great business, yeah. right? So congratulations on that. And we need one for that because, but like the other thing is the, you know, you guys have accumulated that data 
and you and you remarket to it, you treat it as it's a huge necessity in your business. And like most people don't understand that. There was a documentary out that Netflix, I think it was Netflix put out called The Great Hack. Basically, data surpassed oil as the most valuable commodity on the planet at some point. And that's why every time you go swipe your card, they want to know email address or text. They want to get as much of your information as they can so they can communicate with you when they want to and tell you their message, right? So you got, I mean, what you just said, folks, like that's profound, when you when you generate customers and you accumulate data, put it to work. Absolutely, yeah. And we are, we just like you said, we do, we do still do all the things. I mean, we're, you know, we're on the socials, obviously, but we also I still do literally paper mail to my database That's twice awesome. a month. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very simple stuff. It's stuff that really should probably just be a Facebook post. But I'll send a, out a an update just from our family nothing to do about business because, you know, I, to me, I think, why would anybody want to read about our family? You know, we don't sleep. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to have fun, but we got a, you know, a seven to five and a two year old, mm-hmm. they, which they're all hilarious in their own right, but still they fight, they do what normal kids do. So it's like, okay, but if I put four pictures and just give a little bit of what happened the last 30 days, I mean, people tell me and, and they miss it. Yeah, we've probably missed one month in the last five years. Everyone I saw that month was like, "Dude, where's the letter?" Oh, and even awesome. even friends that make fun of me for sending it were like, "Yep, what happened to the letter this month?" You know, so. Well, that's you know, um, you said it could have it, it should have been a Facebook post. Well, one, it probably was, but two, like how many Facebook posts did those people that you sent those cards to get see that day versus how many cards did they get that's how you freaking stand out that's how you do it that's right that's how you do it and what was old is now new again yeah well and you and basically when when you're send out the like the reason we i got excited about mail again is when you watch your kids go to the mailbox oh you know what i mean like they our kids go to the mailbox it's the it's the greatest time of their life. Like this is the best part of their day. Yeah, it's like a, any sort of surprise could be in there. So like, mm-hmm. that's why I think the snail mail is still something that people enjoy because they just enjoy getting stuff. And and if you can watch your child mm-hmm. run and get something and they pull it in and it's it's an it's tells me what Nick Hyder's been doing the last thirty days. I'm gonna I think that's great and they're gonna be interested in it. You know, but that's right. It's, it is uh, it is it's funny that it feels like in some way. Uh, it's just like the handwritten note. I mean, part of our greatness tracker is 10 handwritten notes a day. That's awesome. I'm sorry, a week. A week. That's so awesome. if you, if you're having a, tr- like, if you can't figure out who to handwrite a note to, well, that's on you because you could have gotten the server that knocked it out of the park for you when you went to the restaurant the other night. You could have gotten their information. And if they don't want to give you your address, cause that would be kind of creepy if you're waiter if you ask your waiter for their address <laughs> maybe you do a handwritten note to the restaurant where they work mm-hmm. you know but just coming up with uh any any sort of i guess marketing that was sp- supposedly dead i mean that's the kind of stuff that i still appreciate getting something in the mail from people that's right so that's right well the um it just it's a personal it's a new it's a new level of uh of, of being personal right yep so all right, man, we've getting into some good stuff here. So we talked a little bit about the um, about the the Nashville market. Like, so as a as a broker, as somebody that has so many, um, so you're you're involved in so many facets of the industry. Um, when you look out over the next, I don't know, two to three years, 
um, what are what are some of the things that you guys are thinking about? What are some of the moves that you might be wanting to make? Obviously, um, you and I have been talking a lot about um, in expansion, and um, and I'm really excited about um, the things that we're going to be doing together um, this year in the in the in natural real estate. It's going to be a great time, dude. Yeah. We're um, there was nobody better. As a matter of fact, when we when we decided that we wanted to kind of um, tip our toes into the water a little bit, you were the first call um, that we made. There was nobody else to call. Sure. Well, and I know y'all do great at everything. So I, I know that's going to be a great thing. I, I guess um, from from a Bradford outlook, when we when we draw it out, I mean, it, it does include other cities in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we we thought we could be a great brokerage within the state. So I do see this, you know, we already got some presence in Knoxville. Mm. We got a little bit in Memphis, but like, Going kind of all in in some other big cities, I yep. definitely see that. But I, I, um, one thing I will say, and and this is not a knock on any brokerage that is national, but like when I and I shouldn't say even not national, but like certain brokerages have MLSs that essentially are the entire country, right? So, yep. um, I have just never thought I could truly be great at Middle Tennessee market. And Gulf Shores, Alabama market. Right. Like, if you're honest with yourself, I don't think you can be an expert at both, right? Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, you, if you can be great, like let's say we're, Bradford continues to be a, uh, can just grow and is great in the state of Tennessee, I'm great with that. Because ultimately, if I have someone in Knoxville, I'm already got my person I'm going to refer them to. Yep. I'm not going to try to drive to Knoxville and tell them I know everything about Knoxville real estate. So having access to the MLS all over the country, which we can, we do, everyone can get that access. However, to try to tell a client that I'm uh, like, we've got a a second home in Inlet Beach. So people would say, oh, you know that area really well. I'm like, no, (laughs) you need to hire a local expert. Yeah. Because you don't know the nuances and what one street means and what... That's right. This school means and all that. So that's right. Um, what are so all great businesses usually have certain things in common. Um, the difference between a house and any other building is certain things that qualified as a house, right? So, um, what are some things that um, the the real estate agents that not necessarily well the, the ones that do come in and that are high volume, but the ones that have real staying power. What are some of the things that stand out to you that they have in that they have in common? Things that they do on the day to day, or you know, I, I think you. I mean, the consistency is is it. I mean, that is really it. So if if you look at um, people that have been at it for twenty years, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's if if you don't go the team route in this business, then it, it is very taxing on your family. It's mm-hmm. taxing on everything because so much activity happens on the night and the weekend. Yeah. Right. So, um, mm. I would just say what I see is a consistent level of service to the client. And when I, I say that, like you, the, I think the hardest part about this business is that doesn't get a day off mm-hmm. when they text you. And especially when inventory is low and they text you on Sunday night at 10 PM, that something just came on the market that they have to see tomorrow yeah. morning at 7 a.m., you, you need to be available to show that to them. And if you can't be, you have to have a team behind you that can be because you ultimately that client 
we're in an environment right now where that client does have to be able to see that yes. immediately. Yeah. Because there's 10 other people wanting to look at it as well. So mm-hmm. I would just say consistently being consistent, but also um, the data is very important. And there's a ton of ways to be successful in real estate, but to make sure your past clients know that so you're still yeah. doing it mm-hmm. and that you're still doing it well um, is a big deal. I know one of the things I'll say is, about three or four years into my career, one of my friend's parents used me. And, buddy, that's when I thought I had made it. Because yeah. my friends, I thought, well, they're using me just to, because, you know, just to be nice. Sure. Probably. Um, but as I started getting some traction and their parents started using me, I was like, man, I think I've made it. Like, that's I awesome. think this has worked out. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to say, going into a – career that's commission only um right out of college when you were planning on going to law school yeah and your dad is an engineer and your mom's a teacher um they thought that you know they that was pretty risky yeah um but uh, but anyway so it worked out and that's they, right they're they're uh i mean obviously great people um love them to death but like they they still like will come over to the bradford office they're like man this is so cool. Yeah. And I'm like, thank y'all for thinking that because I think that. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's, it is cool when, um, you know, but we come from two different generations. Um, and, uh, I can remember, you know, when I started my insurance agency and I was at total rock bottom, you know, my parents, um, were obviously they always said chase your dream and stuff, but I also had a, um, a child, a young child at home and a girl I couldn't afford to marry. And, um, you know, they were to the point like, dude, you need to just go get something where you can just provide, man, and like let all that other stuff go. And, um, you know, so, you know, when I borrowed, I had to borrow the money to get my insurance to take the test because I didn't have it. It was kind of like, this is the last time. Don't come back and ask for any more, um, you know. Sure. And and I and um, maybe that was the kick that I needed because that was the last time. And since then. Um, it's been, we've been able to do a lot for a lot of people and it's been pretty cool. You know, I mean, all of the success that my wife and I really haven't are known for today outside of, um, the, the previous lives we had, like it's, it's, it's happened all in like six years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just pedal to the metal on the floor and we didn't let up and we went. Well, it's great. And that's, and, and that's, it's a, you, you are the exact example of if you work hard and are consistent, yeah. Any anybody can be successful. It's just you have to. Those are two things that you. I'd love to say there's a some secret sauce. There's not. You work hard and you work hard consistently. You'll be successful. That's it's right. just you can't walk into this agency and say I want to be Nick. You got to say okay. I want you to tell me Nick. What did you do your first day at this job? Because I want to do what you're doing, but I I want to do that in six years. Okay, let me help you do that. But if they can't be consistent, then they're not going to be there in six years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what's so hard. They just want to be like, we got a great young guy at our office, but like, he's like, dude, I just want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, well, okay, let me tell you what I did 18 <laughs> years ago. And that's then, right. but like it, I don't, and you, and maybe they'll develop something that is not just hard work. But for me, that's all I can tell you. And it, t- it, and it took 18 years, so. Yeah. Well, instead, I mean, the best thing you can do for that young man would be 
um, he gets to learn all the mistakes that you learn the hard way. That's he, right. And he, you get to help him alleviate that. So basically, um, he's still got to go through the path, the journey, but the journey could be um, less bumps in the road and even shorter because of the the knowledge that you're able to. Oh, that's to that, give him and train. Absolutely. Yeah. We you talk about mistakes. I've made every one you can make. Me too. A lot of expensive ones too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how we lost everything that we had. As I made an incredibly expensive series of mistakes um, in a space that I didn't know. That that was when I learned that the definition of risk is it's not risky if you know what you're doing. It, definition of risk is just not knowing what you're doing. Sure. You know what I mean. So that was for for me that was the big thing. Um, well, all right. So you mentioned your family a minute ago. We're we're as you know I'm big on family, and you got a you got an amazing one. So you mentioned your wife Lindsay. Um, she's got so she went to. Uh, Nursing school, you said? She did. So she graduated, obviously, from Trevecca. I think mm-hmm. she came right after you graduated. Yep. Because I had that medical redshirt year. That's why Yep. Um, I guess I was there one year after you had graduated as well. But, um, yes, yeah, so she graduated with a communication degree and then just didn't want to do it. So she went back to nursing school at Vandy, three-year program, and now she's a nurse practitioner. Yep. Um, she's been at Centennial Heart for, I think, 12 years now. That's all. Um, but she she does about one day a week there, and she just opened what's called Melrose Aesthetics uh, with yeah. a good friend of hers. Yeah, and so they do um, they do a lot of Botox and all mm. sorts of treatments, uh, micro needling. Yeah. And so um, we have three properties around um, Bradford Real Estate that house the different companies, and then we have like a six unit Airbnb right behind us. Well, uh, office opened up like right when she and Katie wanted to start it. So it, they are literally right next door. So that's awesome. Yeah. She, and, and she was like, don't I get a break on rent? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it's still gotta, we still gotta pay the mortgage around that's here, right. you know? So Melrose aesthetics, Melrose right? aesthetics. Yeah. Folks check them out on, uh, I know they got a great Instagram and, and other stuff too. So yep. Melrose aesthetics, um, man, that's, you know, um, as I mentioned to you before, um, as as I get older, I'm looking, I'm looking, always looking to ways to take care of myself, to be healthier, keep the clock. Especially having a nine month old daughter home, she can't have some fat gray haired daddy. You know what I mean? That's like, right. um, gosh, if I'm the first guy she's ever gonna fall in love with, it needs to be. We need to set the bar here. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Man. Hey, you, you're you're gonna be just fine there. I I I can't do anything about the gray. Well, I guess I could, but I I have not done anything about the gray. But yeah, staying in shape and like. Just be, being around these kids. So I had shoulder surgery about six, seven or eight weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And just doing that re- the therapy, like, man, I thought I thought I was doing great. Yeah. And I get around these 21-year-olds, and they're like three weeks ahead of me in progress. So, I mean, staying healthy, yeah. staying active, you got to do it. I mean, it's 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 uh, – but, yeah, it, it, it I get circles running around. I mean, they, they're 21, and they're just – yeah. I think I'm in great shape until I hang out with them. <laughs> how good? How good can you be it in the professional world if you if your personal world is is if you're not healthy, man? Like you know, that's the reason they tell you, you got to put on the oxygen mask first on the airplane before you put somebody else's on because you can't do it if you can't breathe, right? Very so cool. it's hard to serve others if you can't. I mean, we were always told put everybody else first. That's true, but you have to be in a in a a state where you can do that. Sure. No, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I I would. You know, we, we talk about a lot that um, we were talking, it's it's not about you and all these things, and it, and that is so true. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but ultimately, it does get to, a, it, it can, if you don't take a little time to even, just rest, like I, I'm not good at that. But mm-hmm. if, if I ever do have a day that um, 
I'm not super active and do just chill out and rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, there's a benefit to that. Sure. It's hard to it's hard to feel the benefit when it's happening, but yeah, it's it, it's it's absolutely true. This has nothing to do. Uh, what has a, it's the the message I'm about to tell, say, the story I'm going to tell, has nothing to do. It's about, it's literally about a semi truck, right? Which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I literally was I don't remember where I heard it. It was on the other day, but there was a. I guess it was a rags to riches story from a trucker who started out. He, he was talking about his first truck um, when, when he would sleep overnight. He said that he would have to keep, um, he didn't have the money to pay for the generator or whatever it does that they that keeps them warm overnight. So he said, I just basically would run my truck for like months on end without ever turning it off. And he was like, and that's how you burn up an engine. They're not, you know, I mean, because they're not made to do that. And that's literally what you just described if you're not taking care of your body and get letting it re- turn it off and let it rest and recover. Yeah. You're, you got it. I mean, it, but it's, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm, uh, I love, I, I, I'm really, really, I feel like not good at it. I mean, it's just really hard. It's really difficult to just, it's discipline. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's a, and it's a discipline that you learn. So, all right, well, going back to your family. So you got Lindsay, um, three kids. Yeah. Right, three kids: daughter Josie, who's seven; Henry's five; and Christian is two. That's right. Yeah, Josie is seven. She's, uh, I mean, she's just like our little angel child. That's the firstborn. That is a real follower. Yep. Reads a lot of books. Henry's what you'd expect with that middle one. You know, he's <laughs> he's a wild man. Um, and then Christian's just a. Uh, he's he's just hilarious. I mean, he's just everything he's doing is is very quick just because he's watching his older siblings. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And they're, um, I guess the only, the, the, the only really great story I've got a lot, but the only, the great story I'll share is we have a golf cart, right? And, um, it's always been Henry's dream to drive it Okay, since he was like two. So probably about three and a half. Um, I have him and Josie on the golf cart and Josie asked me to get her doll out of the back. So there's a back seat. So I, I never leave the key in. But Josie and Henry are in the car. Henry sees his opportunity as I get out <laughs> to get a, her doll. Well, he can't even see over the steering wheel. He jumps down, and I mean gasses it. And all I can see are his little hands and Josie looking at me like, what in the world? Lindsay is not home at the time. So you talk about knowing you are going to be in huge trouble. So I run, and it, he, they only go like 10 feet, and he runs into our fence right as I have dove and hit the parking brake. So everyone was totally fine, except for I had to explain to Lindsay why. I mean, my whole right side, I think we're, we have a pool back there, so I think I didn't have a shirt on or something. Okay. But she gets home, and she's like, what in the world happened? And I was like, it's a long story. Uh, I already called the fence guy because one of the panels had just totally bent in. Yep. But if that fence hadn't been there, I mean, that dude could have been driving. I couldn't have called him. <laughs> he might still be going. Yeah, he might still be going. <laughs> well, the um, well, that makes me feel good because I've got my wife and I have some some stories like that, so we're not alone. It's it's uh, we're okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, when um, so personally, you're big Titans and Cubs fan. Um, you and Lindsay spend a lot of time at your place in Inlet Beach that you mentioned before. You're an original board member of uh, Corner to Corner here in Nashville, which is yes. a great local nonprofit. It is, yeah. Um, and you played in that golf scramble. I think you got to – I don't know how much we got to talk about 
what all the things that they're doing right now. But it's really cool. And I, I need to get him on. I, I, he's on my list. He's a great guy. Will Acuff was mm. the, and Will and Tiffany Acuff, they started it. But, um, and they're on all the socials as well. Mm. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's just corner to corner. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. Corner to corner. So, um, but, but yeah, they, they, it literally started probably eight or nine years ago. And I had just sold him a house. He calls me, he says, Kyle, he had this, he's a big time, uh, high up in IT, mm-hmm. doing all sorts of internets. Th- and I don't know exactly what he did, but I knew he made a lot of money because they had just bought this really nice house. Yeah. And I mean, as soon as they sign up for this, you know, 30 year mortgage, he calls me and said, dude, I'm going to start a charity. I'm going to quit my job and start a charity. I was like, what about your mortgage? You know, like that's <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking. Um, but man, he, he is a very, very prayerful guy. And, and God has turned that thing into a mm. large organization. I mean, he is, it is a great. It's impressive. It's very impressive. And he just, he's, he did all of it basically with no guarantee of anything. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, it's been, uh, it's been really fun to watch. You, mm. you see a budget from, you know, go from $50,000 a year to a couple million. It's, it's really neat to see how many people have, have gotten in on, and, how many jobs he's created? Good no, lord, a lot. Yeah, a lot. That's awesome. I gotta, I gotta get him on. Um, he's on our, he's on our short list um, to get in here. He's so great. that's, that's fantastic. Um, all right, so, dude, um, anything else that? Uh, so we talked, we talked about the Nashville market a little bit. Um, what like, what's the most common like three or four things that the average home buyer will come in, and like yeah. In insurance, it's the same thing. It's three or four things that basically everybody has that um, they're mistaken or um, they they just don't understand it. It's the same. It's the same few things for just about everybody. It's got to be the same in real estate. It, yeah, I, I would say probably your biggest misconceptions are you need twenty percent down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got loan programs from I mean to a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you need to backtrack your. So people think they want a price point, right? But they they need to think monthly payment. No one just knows what it's like to own a house, but most people have at least rented. Yep. So if you understand what it was to pay a $2500 a month rent, mm-hmm. you can back into what would that more what what is a $2500 a month mortgage? Yep. And that's the only way you're going to be able to tell what you can afford because most people want to just go in and enter that on yeah. a on a, you know, just some site that says well, what it's going to spit out is you probably putting 20% down. Right. Well, if you only want to put 5% down or 10 or whatever, all of that's a factor. Yeah. And um, I'd say the other, you know, thing that I, did you say misconception or like the general public? Like, Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's like, man, like if you, if you had everybody that's going to buy a house from you in the next 10 years yeah. or, your, or your team and you got to you sit them all down, what are like the core things that like, here's what you got to know. Yeah. Here's what you got to know. Well, I always tell people this. You can't change your yard or your location. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with the the actual house itself. Ooh, so yes, man. make sure you are buying the location and the yard you want, right? And then um, it's not – it's not that people don't like all the bedrooms upstairs because those sell great. Mm-hmm. If you want the, I guess ultimately when if you are thinking resale, always be thinking about what the 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 most buyers can buy. So obviously mm-hmm. that's why a lot of times you see a one level 
on a level lot, everyone wants it because that can be sold to anybody. Whereas if you typically have maybe an older buyer, they're not going to want all the bedrooms upstairs. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. But but if you could just say, what is the biggest misconception out there? That's it. It's the, the whole down payment thing. They think, man, I got to save, save, save yeah. until I can get, man, it looks like everything I want is 600000 yeah. I got to save up until I get one hundred twenty grand in the bank before I can buy a house. Mm. That's not the case. So, so, like in insurance, most people, a lot, I should say most people, a lot of people confuse the co-insurance with the co-pay. Um, they, there's just basic key terms that they, um, that they misconstrue or, or don't know. Um, what are, what are like some of the ones, um, in the, um, in the, um, in the real estate world that they might, that they might forget? You know, I, one of the funnest, one of the, the best ones, or I guess funniest ones, you, it, people that aren't dealing with it every day, when so many people say HELOC, they say, what in the world is that? But a HELOC is just a, it's a line of credit on your house. Home equity mm-hmm. line of credit. Now, what that is so valuable for is if you are a homeowner right now in Middle Tennessee, you probably do have a lot of equity in your house. Mm-hmm. Well, that home equity line of credit can allow you to, if you start looking at maybe, okay, I'd like to sell, I can make some money on this, but you're not liking what you see, which mm-hmm. is also a big factor in our market right now. We have very little inventory because people want to move. But when they see what they can get for their house, they get really excited. Mm-hmm. But then when they see what they have to go spend to buy the next house, they don't get as, as, as that's excited. That's right. So, so basically, that's that's one of those those things that people are using right now to add on to their house, to renovate the house, and then they can stay in the current house that they're in. Okay. So it's a, it's but that's just a, a term that gets I feel like thrown out all the time. People are like, "What are you talking about?" HELOC. Yeah, I mean, it, it, three or four years ago, I started hearing it all the time. Well, and and one of the the terms you always hear in in our world, when it, and it's it's similar to what an appraiser does, but it's just a CMA, which is a, you, you're you're doing a comparative market analysis. Mm-hmm. You're just comparing everything that's sold. So we have data through the tax records and through the MLS that. Zillow is is not guessing because it is public record, but they you can't ever compare a zip code with that's what they are typically using, right? So um, the value is different in the exact same zip code for elementary school A versus elementary school B, right? Or high school, a, it, and it's because one is whatever. Yep. Um, and so I think that that's one of those things that. Um, you know, real estate agents, obviously there's pressure in our industry, just yep. like every industry, like, oh my gosh, is it, it, are, are we going to get taken over by robots? Yeah. That's the one thing that I never can see um, totally destroying what we know today as the real estate business is that, and if you don't have a human that is boots to the, on the ground that knows what it means to be in this position versus this position, mm you as a consumer are never going to be truly taken care of because Zillow's just thinking it's all the same thing. Well, I know that this is going to sell for 12% more than this. Mm. I need my buyer to pay a little bit more to get a better return because I've seen what's happened yeah. historically. So right. it's, it's, that is, a I guess, something to feel good about as far as like a job security thing. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong. I mean, there is pressure on the real estate industry, just like health insurance, just like insurance and all, all the things. I mean, 
Yeah. Tech tech wants to figure out a way to be a part of absolutely you know commission all commission businesses. Yep. So well the um it I went to school for a long time. Pay and racked up a pretty good bill too for part of it. Yeah. And um as a mid 20 year old, if I had the funds to buy a house, I would have had zero clue and idea what I was doing. I had, um, like in most things, when you do them the first time, there's a lot of mistakes made. You need like somebody that you can trust to help you minimize those. The collateral damage can be big, but like, gosh, um, it, there's just, I don't know. There, there's certain, we used to, when I first learned what I know about health insurance, I thought, why they should teach this in school, man. Like this is a valuable life skill that you need to have. And I feel the same way about real estate from, because like, Kyle, I didn't buy my first house. I was in my thirties when I bought my first house. Okay. So, um, like in my thirties, it kind of pissed me off that I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I was, and, and I, I blame myself for, for not seeking the knowledge earlier, for not seeking that knowledge earlier. Um, where are some places like if people wanted to just like, so obviously when a customer calls me about something and they know a lot about it and they're correct in what they know, they've done the research, they're knowledgeable about it. It's a great, I'm like, this, this is a great client because they're easy to work with. They speak my language. Like we're talking some advanced level stuff. It's awesome. Where are some places that like, if you wanted to learn about real estate, especially in Nashville, um, that they could go just some good, some helpful hints and tools. So that way when they are ready to buy and they call you, um, they would be more uh, educated. Sure. Um, there, you know, there, I would, one thing I would say is it, don't, don't rely on Zillow. Go ahead and get, you can, it's public what the, our MLS is and it's just realtracks.com. Mm-hmm. You can go on there and actually see what's, what's happening in the market and not more of a blanket. Like I guess what Zillow is, is in, in, and really good at, which is being everyone's favorite search tool. Right. But like, it's like Wikipedia. Almost, <laughs> you, know? you can edit it though. You don't know if it's true or not. It, well, that's true too. But, um, but yeah, realtracks.com has a ton of information on it. GNR, which is just the, the realtor organization, greater Nashville realtors. Um, they have a ton of, they've got all the market stats. Like if you just want to know what's happening, but you know, the best advice that I give to young people is as soon as you can get a loan, which is typically, if you have a W-2 job, relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, if you're 1099, some banks will do a year, most do two. Most everyone will do two after a 1099, after two years of 1099. But right. um, like Cade on our team, one of the things that we helped coach him with was, all right, let's do this these first two years. Well, now Cade bought a home, has two roommates, and doesn't pay a mortgage because they rent from him. Yeah. Which is exactly what I did when I was 25 years old. I bought a four-bedroom house Yeah, that back then, luckily they were giving loans to people like me because they shouldn't <laughs> have, but they did. Um, but I had three roommates that paid the mortgage. So that, yeah. that one house right there, essentially, um, I, don't, I never paid a mortgage on it because I always had either roommates or... Or when Lindsay and I got married, I, I just it would turn into a rental property. That's right. So if 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 you're young and and buying a house is is scary for you, I tell them just just give us a call. It's very it's mm. it's one of those things that we love to help with. We love helping first time buyers, and um, once they start seeing what's what's out there and what rental rates are, yeah. and that rental rates have gone up seventeen percent in the last year, but house housing prices have too. 
Yeah. However, when you lock in a mortgage, that mortgage is locked in for 30 years. You don't have a landlord calling and saying, hey, I'm taking it up another 10%. Right. Another 10% mm. every year. So I think that's that's one of the things that by by not waiting, you're yeah. probably saving a half a point. What a lot of people are saying, they'll go up a half a point on the interest rates this year. So you're not, you know, if you're not paying a half a point more, but you also are controlling, which yeah. we all want to be able to budget, where you're controlling uh, your monthly payment versus your landlord controlling it. That's right. That's right. So, um, man, like, gosh, I mean, I could have had you come in here and talk about every single one of these, um, one of these companies that you are a partner of. Um, but there is, there is one thing that we got to tell about, um, about, about Pat, right? So tell them who Pat is. Yes. Tell so, about who Pat is. So, um, back in 2012, Pat was always a, um, a kind of a mentor and friend to me. And, uh, he, he owns a part of what used to be, uh, Feltz Jackson Wagner real estate, which is now Bradford real estate. Yep. Pat is probably 70 or 71 years old. Um, about my dad's age, they grew up together. Great. He's just a great man. But, um, but yeah, he, back in, I think it was the late seventies, early eighties, um, he had a piece of property. He was in the real estate division for Genesco, which I think they were like a shoe company. Yep. Maybe still are a shoe company I think here. So. Um, and so he flew up to, for a business meeting uh, at their at the location they had there in Manhattan. Genesco is a four-story. He said basically depreciated down to just in a pretty bad shape. Um, met with the, uh, the young Donald Trump and his mm-hmm. dad uh, and – um, was actually talked about in the book, The Art of the Deal, with three Nashville businessmen coming up. Um, and <laughs> so so Trump's dad basically does the deal uh, with Pat and the other the guys from Genesco. And I think in The Art of the Deal, Trump says basically like, you know, we got a great deal from them. But that particular property is now Trump Tower. Wow. So, so I always tell people, Pat sold Trump Tower to Trump. That's which awesome. is which is a it's hilarious. I Heck mean, yeah, dude! It's a great story. But if Pat tells it, it's way better and way longer. We'll have him on and let him tell that's it. Right. Too, won't that's we? right. That's so, right. But that no, that's uh, when you told me that I thought I, I didn't know that. And that's extremely that's extremely cool because like um, when you when you hear Donald um, or sorry President when you hear uh, former President Trump talk about um, the that how it was like he just he just said he looked at it i've watched multiple documentaries on him he said he just looked at it and saw it, it was like that was like the pr- premium real estate that yep. he just saw it he just knew what it was and that's i did not know that pat was one of the three people referenced in the book because yep. that's a um that's a book that i've read so that how cool is that dude it's it's he's got i mean it is a, it's probably worth having him on just for yeah a story to just let him tell the whole thing it's, it's absolutely great. It's absolutely great. well um if you don't mind put a bug in his ear we're gonna I be will. in touch i will be in sure. touch all right man um as we bring this thing home is there anything else that um like national real estate is crazy it's booming um you know, every, every, everybody's an agent. All the things we've talked about. Is there anything else that um, that you feel is would be valuable for um, that they that they just need to hear from you? Is there anything else that stands out? Well, I think if you um, you know if you are frustrated with um, with the inventory, I would just say it is it will get better. Um, it it will, um, but always remember perspective. Right? We talked a little bit about that, but if if you feel like the prices are high, 
but the competitors that you're going up against in the, from the West Coast and the East Coast do not. Mm-hmm. You almost have to change your perspective if you're a local. Mm. And I hate that. I mean, I, I hate it for the locals that that's what's happening. But essentially, if you, you know, if they don't think, like Williamson County property tax, I mean, they're 70% of what Davidson's are. I mean, Williamson yeah. County, I mean, it, that those property taxes are great. So, yeah. If you if you take that into perspective again, think about that the way that other people are going to think about that, and it's all about the monthly payment again. So, yeah. you, why not spend an extra couple hundred thousand dollars in Williamson County, knowing that your monthly payment is very similar to what it would be in a different county with higher property taxes? So, yeah. you, you know, most probably ninety percent of people escrow their property tax, mm-hmm. and do most people know exactly where. They don't. They just know their monthly payments three grand a month. Mm. They don't know that twenty two hundred of it is their mortgage, five hundred is their this their taxes, and four hundred the insurance. They don't. Know, they just know their payment, right? Yep. So that tax bill is a bigger deal than you think, right? But I say all that to say when you go to Oak Hill and a lot of a one acre lot, you think it's crazy that someone paid a million dollars and tore one down and is building a monster. Mm-hmm. But when I take someone out that's moving here from LA and they say, you can get an acre lot this close to the city for a million bucks. <laughs> this is a deal. Whereas someone just bought that house literally 10 years ago for 350 and now they're selling just the dirt mm-hmm. for a million bucks. So it's, it is all about perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking for a home and you're getting a little bit frustrated, just try to step back and just say, okay, the people that I'm competing against, have a totally different perspective. So I do need to change my perspective if I do want to be successful when I make yeah. an offer in a, in a competitive market. So, and, and, and know who your representation is, know what they know and have a good and develop a good relationship with them. Because at the end of the day, um, most of the time we end up panicking for, a, for no reason when, when you're, when your agent's like, Hey man, it's, it's, I got it. Yeah. I'm on this. Right. Right. I'm you, on this. And that's so, you know, we talked a little bit about the about experience. It is a it is a time right now that, um, you know, it does really help to have an experienced agent. Not saying new new agents can't be great because they can. They can learn the tricks of the trade as well. But Especially with, if they have a good broker. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you you have to know how to be noticed. You know, we had a we had a house last weekend. We we got. 15 offers on it it almost gets to the point to where the listing agent i mean we're, we're building spreadsheets just to show the owner which one that they should take but like all of it gets confused so how do you stand out when you're up against 14 other people that's right that's where the agent needs to help you that's right yeah i love it so um for the folks that want to catch up with you on on social um your personal is that Kyle? Your Instagram's Kyle Feltz twenty three. Your Twitter Felt uh, Feltz Partners. Facebook's Bradford Real Estate, but Bradford Nashville also has a great Instagram um, yeah. as well as Feltz Partners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we uh, I personally am not as active on there as I should be, but we have there's good activity. All of our our listings are going on there, and our marketing department does a great job. So That's I right. think um, ultimately the fact that I fail at it regularly. 
Luckily, we have a marketing department that does all of them except for my personal ones. So. Yeah, well, you can't, man. You can't do everything. You can't do it all. You have to learn how to 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 hire out and vet out responsibility and stuff. And that was what we talked about a lot in the beginning. You've done a great job with that. So, well, thank you. Um, I, I I literally this was what I was looking for earlier, and I just wanted to bring it. Well, what what um, there was a, a gentleman that and and I had I had several notes on here that I won't get to. I we, maybe we'll do this again. If I did good enough, maybe I'll get invited back. Absolutely. So um, Ty Osmond, who passed away a couple years ago, he started Solomon Builders, if you've ever heard of them. Okay. I was at lunch with a guy the other day, and I just thought this was so great. But he said um, he had told this guy this before he, he had passed away. But he said, in your life, your life is all about giving. And he, he used life to say, give of your, you give of your labor, you give of your influence, you give of your finances and you give of your expertise. Mm. And I just thought that was so good. And, yeah. and the fact that he's passed on now, um, I feel like we just got to keep sharing that. Cause I just think That's right. he was such a special guy to so many people. You could tell that this guy, even just telling me that just that, that one little comment, he, he was, he was teary eyed. So I thought it was, it's a, uh, it's a very, very, um, it's very easy. I love talking about business, but like, yeah, when, when me and you get together, a lot of times we're talking more like life. Like being a dad, it's hard. That's right. Being a husband's hard, but like, you just you just gotta keep going. That's right. That's all you can do. That's right. Well, dude, it's, I mean, seriously, um, serial entrepreneur. If there ever was one, um, how many how many companies is it now? It's it's um, it's over ten. We know it's over ten. Over ten. Uh, I know it's over ten companies. And you're still maintaining the work-life balance um, at home. It's something that you focus on. It's so important. That's why you do all the ten. That's why you do the ten plus companies. It's for the family, right? Sure. I, I mean, the I think I think our work-life balance has gotten continually better. Mm. I don't know. I think Lindsay would agree. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, you just have to keep working at it. I mean, if we if we don't put a date night on our calendar. That's right. We don't have a date night, which, right. is, which is just crazy to think that that's the same. point of life where you're at. But same. Um, but the date nights are important because you, you do end up being like, you know, just ships in the night trying to get the kids to where they got to go and all the things. So, yeah. Um, but I think I think we do pretty good. And the only way you can do that is to have great leadership in every in any any anything you want to do. I mean, basically, if. I'll tell you, this is a great advice we got when we started a property management company. They said, there's two factors in a property management company. You either have to be a really great owner-operator that pays themselves like an owner-operator, mm-hmm. or you have to be out. As mm-hmm. the owners, wow. you have to have a leadership team that, you have, that you're out. So Trevor and I chose that one. And so now what we have is a great general manager and a great operations manager, and they do a phenomenal job. That's and awesome. so if mm-hmm. you ever want to sell or scale any business, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, just like you're saying earlier, I mean, y'all can't do it by yourself, but with a great leader in place, Man. they, they can't, you can scale it. That's right. And so when you say, can you have a work-life balance and have multiple businesses? Well, you know, you do it mm-hmm. and we're just doing the same thing when you have yep. great people in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, hey, goes, I hope everybody goes and starts 100 businesses. That's right. Because if they do it the right way, they can do it. That's exactly right. You mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. That's they, right. Mm. That's, that's, another bit, that's another huge thing is I would say is that if 
when people get into real estate, I do think that there's too many of them that you're going to hear no a lot, mm-hmm. right, at the beginning. But if you know and you be, and you know you believe in yourself That's right. and you keep going, any you can do it. Yeah, anyone can do it, but you have to be consistent. And there's just no, I would just say consistency and hard work. But at the end of the day, most people fail. It's like 90% of the people that get their license are out within the first year. That's crazy. But they, In Nashville. Mm, I think that's a national average. National average, okay. Yeah, I don't know about Nashville. I mean, it's probably 70% in Nashville or something. Right. It's, you know what I'm saying? Just because um, most people get into real estate because they think it's a get-rich-quick thing. Right. Right. It's not, and it's easy, and it's not. Well, the what's the uh, one of the ladies on Shark Tank? That's a the real estate lady, Barbara. Barbara. Mm-hmm. So that was what she basically always has said, which is the people that make it in real estate are the ones that basically are the fastest to get over the fact that they just heard no. Yep. You just have to get over it, yep. and that's any sales job. So yeah, it's any job period that's going to have because, like even. Even a marketing company has this have a sales department. Like you have to, like you have to go out there and and uh, um, if you don't have haters, you're not big enough. If you're not getting told no, you're not asking enough. You're not asking for enough deals. You're not asking for enough sales. Um, nobody's undefeated. That's why we love baseball. Um, right. Somebody's going to get paid thirty million dollars next year to get out sixty five percent of the time. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's, yeah. You're exactly right. So it's unbelievable. Um, well, so. Um, well, look, if you, um, the, the people that want to get in real estate to make that money real fast, don't call Kyle. <laughs> but, the, but the ones that want to build a foundation um, to have an amazing business that can change your life um, and, 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 the, and the next lives in your family, then that, those are the ones that need to call you if they want to get in, get in the real estate game, don't they? Absolutely. We, 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 uh, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a huge fan if you get into any of these sales businesses, commission only, you have a belief in yourself, right? So you're already have the entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. You just need a little guidance. So that's, that's, mm. that's, uh, that's what it, when it comes down to choosing the right brokerage, which uh, I, I mean, Bradford has a Bradford Academy specifically for new agents or agents that want to learn how to grow their business. So I mean, it's it, awesome. It's a, it's a really neat, um, it's a neat thing that we added just like six months ago because we had there were so many new agents that they wanted to be there. It's yeah. just we needed the training to put in place, and we we hired a training broker for exactly that. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Well, man. Um, so uh, Bradford Real Estate Feltz Partners, um, Bra- uh, Bradford Shared Services, um, the property management connection, um, managing over five hundred residential properties. 615 Title and 615 Insurance, um, Parthenon Plumbing and HVAC, Cobalt Ventures. Um, dude, you got it going on. You well, got it going you. on, and it's freaking awesome. Well, thank you, and I, I love you. I appreciate you having me on. You, uh, We've been friends a long time. That's right. So it's great. That's great right. Here. Well, um, the uh, like I say, I'm excited for what we got working for um, stuff we're going to be doing together this year. And, um, again, check, guys, check Kyle Feltz out, Feltz Partners, Bradford Real Estate. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, all the social pages, um, check them out and, uh, and, uh, let's do, let's do some good together, man. Right. So I think that's a good place to bring it home. 
That's right. That's a good, good place to yeah. bring it home. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. I am your man, Nick Heider. Thanks so much to Kyle Feltz for hanging with me in the studio today. Um, it is still um, the beginning of 2022, man. So hit those goals. Um, aim high. Dream big. And uh, Happy New Year, folks. Thanks again so much for tuning in. God bless. <laughs>